It is hour number two, Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025, the game streaming on the game Nashville app as well. Chase McCabe here with you, Pete and Terry's Tavern at Bridgestone Arena. Predators and Minnesota Wild do battle later on tonight. And while Darren and Willie have stepped away for morning skate duties, we say hello to EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. You can check him out on NHL Now at 3 o'clock Central Time weekdays throughout the season. Visit NHLNetwork.com. For your local channel listings, EJ, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So let's start with this team that uh, we cover here in the Music City, the Nashville Predators. And uh, I mean, how many times did you come on this station and we talked about Matt Duchesne? Is Matt Duchesne going to become a member of the Predators? Is he not? Where is he going to end up? It finally happens. And so far, EJ, uh, it's been fun because it's paid dividends. He has been uh, a huge contributor to this offense. Yeah, I mean, he's a really good fit there. He's a high-end uh, offensive player. He wanted to be there, as we mentioned, for uh, for a long time, and uh, he's been able to do that. And uh, not surprisingly, the Nashville Predators are scoring goals. I mean, the downside is they're probably giving up more than they would like to at this point in time, but uh, there's no question they're scoring goals, and they're hoping that uh, you know he is going to help them uh, on the power play as well because that was an area last year, and that was a big problem. Yeah, the power play has looked pretty good so far. You know, with the addition of Duchesne, they've changed some things up. They brought in another assistant and Dan Lambert to kind of help with that. So offensively, things are looking really good with the Predators. And and part of their success last year was that top line led by Ryan Johansson and then Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson. They effectively split that up uh, with the addition of Duchesne. And now you're seeing more offense from the top two lines and really the whole lineup. So from the 10,000-foot view that you have, what have you seen offensively from the Predators as a whole? Well, they're just more balanced and, and more uh, and more different threats on different lines. Like you said, last year it was kind of a top-heavy group. Um, you know, for whatever reason, Kyle Turris, they had brought him in, and he was someone that they'd hoped would provide more offense. And it's just it, that hasn't played out at least uh, to this point, although he's off to a pretty good start, uh, you know, this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can be more of a factor for them. But, uh you know they got four good centers now right through their lineup, and uh, you know I, I always felt I always felt they could p- produce more offense even before they got Duchesne, but certainly now they do have them. It presents some problems for opponents because you know you have to pick your poison as to who you want to try to check, and it opens the uh, opens the situation or opens the game up for some other players. So uh, you know their group of forwards one through twelve, their top four centers one through four. Uh, you know, this is a good group, and it's been evident by the production we've seen so far this year. You brought up Kyle Turris, and, and we've talked to a lot of people about him, and I know you've commented on him as well, and, and just why last year was the way it was. I mean, he he chalked it up as it, it was a bad year. David Poyle has said it was a down year, and as you mentioned, he's off to a pretty good start. Still, you have a lot of money tied up down the middle with a Roman Yossi contract looming, I think these are some decisions that David Poyle is going to have to make it at some point in the near future on what this team is going to look like contract wise. And Kyle Turris is definitely going to be a factor in that. Yeah, because you're right. He takes up a, a chunk of money and, um, you know, effectively he's been a fourth line center when everybody's healthy and, uh, you know, he's averaging uh, about 13 and a half minutes a night right now. So uh, when you have to think about how you're going to allocate your money, I mean, you, you move PK Subban out of there to create space for Matt Duchesne. I don't. I don't think you're you're going to be looking to let uh, you know any more of those defensemen go. I mean, I think they still got 
you know, Yossi, Ellis, and uh, Ekholm as the, as the big three, and you know they're hoping that uh, young Dante Fabro is going to be a player for them uh, on a, as a top four type guy, and then you fill in behind them. But uh, you know they will have to make some uh, decisions. And if Kyle Turris goes out and has a good year this year, that certainly increases his value on the market. He was a good player in Ottawa. He has been uh, a good player in other places in the past, and. Uh, you know, we'll see if he can get going this year, but uh, it's been a pretty good start. I just wonder, as time has gone on, if it was the fit in the Peter Laviolette style of hockey, was the fit really good for Kyle Turris? In the end, maybe that is just the problem right there, but uh, certainly David Boyle is going to have to look at that because uh, you can ill afford to have you know, Roman Yossi uh, be leaving town. So they've got to make room for him, and that might be one way to do it. So what do you make of that situation with Roman Yossi? I, I'll be completely honest with you. I thought he was going to get signed during training camp. I thought before the regular season it would get done. And, and I know that they're having on ongoing negotiations and maybe they're close, but it's not done yet. Yeah, until something is done, you know, that's a problem, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, Roman is he's 29 years old. Uh, you know, he's got, he has an option. I mean, you can't ever get into these guys into their heads, right, and really determine what they're thinking. Because until a contract is signed, there's a possibility they could leave. And uh, you guys saw it play out with Ryan Suter several years back, right? I mean, he, in the end, his desire was to go back and play in his home state there in Minnesota and be part of that group. Uh, you know, Roman, there's no teams in Switzerland, so I don't think Roman Yossi is going to, there's no least NHL teams there, so he's not going to go that route. But it's just hard to know exactly what's going through somebody's mind, but I do think that Yossi uh, likes being in Nashville. Obviously, they love having him. He's the, you know, he's the captain of that team, and uh, I think it's probably just a matter of the commitment of term and dollars. And 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 David is someone. David Boyle, a GM, is someone that you know he's he likes to drive the bargain where he can. And uh, so this is uh you know where we're at. But uh, they've got time to get it done. But if it starts to get into the new calendar year, you start to worry that. You know, you have a player that could be walking away and get nothing in return, and that'd be bad news. I think if I'm get if I'm betting on it, I'm going to say that Yossi is going to end up getting signed and staying there, just because I think the relationship is pretty strong. Do you have a number that that you have in mind? Well, I mean, he's going to he's looking at it probably right. He's looking at uh, I would say probably eight and a half nine million. I mean, and so that's the question: Can they find that money to make that work? That's again, that's probably the sticking point. Maybe he wants more. Even it's hard to say. I mean, there's some. Some of the guys, I mean, you have the Drew Dowdies and the Eric Carlson's who are really, you know, making high-end money. Uh, is he going to look at it and say, hey, I need to be at that level? Is he going to look at it and say, hey, John Carlson's uh, an $8 million guy? I mean, that's a good area. Uh, it really always depends on the player. It depends on the term. The, the Preds can give him an eighth year. That's something that he can't get as a free agent. So um, those are things to consider for him. EJ Raddick is with us from the NHL Network. Watch him on NHL Now at 3 o'clock Central Time weekdays throughout the season so discussing this team defensively you brought it up earlier they trade pk suban to the new jersey devils and they have missed that you know defensive ability that he has and i think with this new scheme and and the way things are working offensively you have definitely seen this team miss something at least through nine games on defense what have you seen from him yeah, I mean, I you know Peter Laviolette likes to play an up-tempo game. He wants his defenseman in the rush. He wants to play uh, fast, and and when you're playing fast, sometimes you're playing a little loose. And uh, you know, in the past, they had a, an extra guy there that's a real experienced guy in Subban, and now he's out of the mix. So you're you're moving Dante Fabro when it was a younger guy, and so far, you know, the numbers are not bad for him. But 
it's uh, it's definitely something different. And, uh, you know, at the other end of the rink, Pecorene has been really good so far, so he's probably cleaned up some of those mistakes. And when UC Soros has been in there, it's been more of a struggle for him. I mean, his save percentage is down around 850 right now, and he's a better goaltender than that. So, you know, some of it can be looked at as, hey, the goaltending has got to be a little bit better, when, especially when he's been in there. But, you know, this is a team that's a little bit in transition. They're really pushing that offensive game now, and they're going to give up chances in games. And, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to, they're going to ask their goaltenders to, to clean some of that up sometimes. So I think that's where we're at. But, you know, they're scoring, and some there's nights, there's going to be nights where they're going to be able to outscore those mistakes, and there's going to be other nights where it's going to be a tighter game, and they're going to have to be better at defense. Yeah, Dante Favreau, I have to remind myself all the time that he's still a rookie and he's played around 20 games in this league. I just Every time I talk to him, every time I watch him play, I'm like, he's been here for two or three years, but that just isn't the case. And when he does make a mistake, he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Yeah, like, listen, he was a high-end uh, prospect and uh, college kid ended up coming out and jumping in last year in the, uh, the late in the regular season and in the postseason and you know, they got high hopes for him. And the Predators, as you guys know, over the years, they've done a really good job of drafting and developing defensemen. They've had a number of good ones come through there, and they're hoping he's just the latest of that group. Yeah, and it helps that Shea Weber was his favorite player growing up. That That's a pretty there good influence go. right there. EJ, that's, a, that's a guy, that's a good guy to look to. <laughs> EJ Raddick here with us. So the Central Division right now, Colorado in the driver's seat, albeit very early in the season. I don't think you can crown a Stanley Cup champion in October. But the Colorado Avalanche looking pretty good, and this is a team that the Predators saw a couple of years ago in the playoffs, and we all kind of felt like this could happen. Yeah, they're definitely coming. I mean, the Avalanche, they are loaded uh, with talent. They made some really nice moves in the offseason when you think about, you know, they had an excess on the blue line. Tyson Berry was going to his last year. They didn't think they were going to be able to resign him. They move him, and they get they get Nazem Kadri back, who was really a great fit as a second center. I like the other guys they brought in this year. Uh, Pierre-Edward uh, Belmar, he had been to the finals with Vegas. He's a good, you know, bottom six type of guy, great character guy. Jonas Donskoy, big winger, had been to the cup final with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, another helpful player, you know, for your group. So, uh, you know, I, I like a lot of the things that Joe Sackick and uh, Chris McFarlane and, and Brad Smith are doing there. The the kind of management or the hockey ops group there. And, uh, you know, they're just loaded up front when you think about McKinnon. Ranton is out now for a bit. Um, they added Andre Burakovsky to it. I forgot about him. Talented guy. They got Landis Gallagher. I mean, this is just a really talented group. And, you know, they got Cal McCarr this year as a rookie. Who You talk about a guy who doesn't look anything like a rookie. He's definitely in that category. And, uh, you know, they're going to have guys that are in their system that are coming behind uh, players like that. So, the Colorado Avalanche are going to be a team to deal with in the next, you know, if nothing changes and if they stay relatively healthy, they've got a decade of really, I think, exciting hockey ahead of them. When you look at, at teams that are for real, and again, 10 games or less into the season, I know it's really hard to, to gauge that, but we saw Vegas a few weeks ago, the Predators played out there. I think Vegas is for real. I, I, I really like their style of play. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good team. I mean, my only concern with them is is their, their defense. I mean, Nate Schmidt is out right now, so that's a big loss for them. He is their puck-moving uh, leader on that team, and when he's not there, they're, they're just, quite frankly, it's a pretty average group. So they need to get him back in the lineup at the deadline. If there's any way to squeeze another defenseman into that group, it will probably be something that George McPhee would love to do. Um, but Flurry has been great. you got to hope that he don't, they don't uh, you know wear him down. 
Uh, he's on track to play nearly 70 games this year. I think that's too many by today's the way the game is played today to ask a guy then to have, give you those two really good months in the playoffs. When they made it to the final two years ago, Flurry had missed a lot of time with injury and played, I think, you know, around 40 games that year. So uh, they've got to figure that situation out. But up front, they're pretty strong. They're pretty experienced. They got a lot of offensive firepower and, you know, uh, it's been a really well-run program there with Gerard Gallant for a couple of years. So I think they're very good, but I do worry, uh, you know, like I said, the defense and, uh, you know, if they're going to get Flurry the needed rest as the season goes on. Well, we will see how it all plays out. Again, it is very early in the season, but always, oh, good, yeah. always good to talk to you, EJ. We appreciate it. You got it. Anytime. EJ Raddick of the NHL Network. Again, NHL Now at 3 o'clock Central Time weekdays throughout the season. Visit NHLnetwork.com for your local channel listings. Chase McCabe, it's Darren Donick and Chase. We're live at Pete and Terry's Tavern here at Bridgestone Arena. The Predators and the Minnesota Wild later on tonight. We'll have much more coming. Darren and Willie will rejoin the show. Again, Tim Hasselback from ESPN. He usually joins us on Wednesday. He will be coming up at the bottom of the hour. Here on Nashville's Best Sports Talk, we are ESPN 1025 The Game.